Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I know I'm a little bit different than what you're expecting. You're expecting the handsome Matt McClay, but unfortunately, you got me. I'm just kidding. We appreciate Matt and what he's done. He's had a pretty hectic week, so I'm going to be taking over tonight. So prepare yourselves and buckle in, but I'm actually very excited to be here tonight. So we're going to get started. We've been talking about the great exchange, and last week Matt covered sin and righteousness. So in a nutshell, Jesus died on the cross and exchanged our sin and our sinful works and our sinful nature for his righteousness. So when God looks at us, God sees Jesus' sacrifice because Jesus lives a perfect life. So when we accept him and his gifts, God sees Jesus and his good works and his perfect life in place of our own. So to begin, we're going to talk about wrath and peace, God's exchange of his wrath for our, for, yeah, God's wrath in exchange for us being at peace with God. So I'm going to start off with some crimes in the United States as some crimes and punishments. So we have some crimes and their punishments in the United States. You can see this handsome bald gentleman on the screen. It's my good friend, Wyatt. He was a police officer on the streets and he knows a little bit about crimes and punishments. So to start off, Who's had a speeding ticket before or has been caught speeding? You can admit it. Matt's, I know Matt's been doing that. Wow, nobody? No teenagers have been caught speeding? I was 16. I got caught speeding my first time. So a speeding ticket is usually a $100 fine um, pretty much any time you get one. Or if you know Wyatt, he can get you out of a speeding ticket. FYI, if you're caught speeding in Charleston, he might be able to. You don't hold me for that. So uh, the next one is a DUI or driving under the influence of like alcohol. So that's usually if you're driving, drinking and driving. As you know, your first offense is six months usually. Uh, your second offense, if you're caught two times, it's two years. And, if, and your third offense is three years. So those are the maximum sentences. Next is embezzlement, which means like stealing money from a company or whatever. Um, it kind of varies for the value of money you steal versus the jail time you get. So, like it says up there, uh, if it's below $1,000, you can get fined double that, $2,500, or up to a year in jail. And if you steal more than $1,000, it's usually way more jail time than that. So, that's embezzlement. Uh, What's the next one? Uh, Home invasion. Don't break into somebody's home, obviously, which is a minimum of 10 years and a maximum of 25 years, which I found this on like a generic... United States, like a government website. So don't break into somebody's home. Oh, that's home invasion. And of course, the worst one that we usually think of is murder, which is a maximum of 60 years or life in prison or even the death penalty. So laws are kind of weird because in the United States, you can kind of get out of laws and laws kind of vary and the sentence time kind of varies and what you do and you can find ways around it. So they're kind of weird, and depending on the severity of the circumstance, it's, there's not always a set punishment. So tonight, we're going to look at our punishment for our sin and what we deserve in the eyes of God, but that doesn't stop there. We also have hope. We don't have a set punishment that we have to look forward to because Jesus gave us a gift, and he gives us a way out of God's punishment, which is God's wrath. So Uh, We want to define what sin is. Matt defined it last week. Sin is anything that breaks God's law 
or assaults his character and misses his mark of perfection. So it's not just only what we do, it's also who we are. We're born with sin. Like he said last week, we're not born as babies. You don't teach a baby how to lie. Like he used Carter, I think, last week. Carter wasn't taught how to lie. Carter just started lying to his parents. Obviously, I'm just kidding. I'm sure he doesn't lie all the time. But he knows how to, and he wasn't taught that. So sin is in our nature, and it's who we are. Which is Romans 5, 12 says something about that. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. So a man sinned, and of course, throughout his children and his children's children, and here we are today, everyone has the sin curse and everyone is affected by sin because of their rebellion against God from the first man. So um, God can't tolerate sin. God can't be around sin. Because it's completely the opposite of who God is. God is holy. God is perfect. Sin is obviously wrong. It's not holy and it's not perfect. And it is the opposite of God. Therefore, God cannot tolerate it or be around it whatsoever. So sin must be punished in God's eyes. Which is Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. Wages means payment or punishment. Wages of sin is death. So that is the payment for sin. And God's wrath is our punishment, eternal punishment, which you all have heard the H word, hell. God is, God's eternal punishment is hell for all people who do not accept him. But what does God say about our sin? He says that we're dead in our sin. In Ephesians 2.1, you can find you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Romans 3.10, no one is righteous, which means no one is perfect. No one is holy like God. Everyone has sinned, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and they fall short of the glory of God. Falling short, used to, falling short of the glory of God used to kind of trip me up when I, was a, when I was a kid. But usually how I kind of think of it is, say you're running a race and the finish line is right there. And say you break your hip right before you get to the finish line and you fall short. I know why it broke his hip in high school while he was running a race. I think he finished it. I think he ran on a broken hip though and he finished the race. But just imagine you're running, you break your leg and you fall short of that finish line. So we do the same falling short of God's glory because of our sins. We can't make it to the finish line. There is no one on earth who is righteous and without sin. Uh, that comes from Ecclesiastes Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. That's Ecclesiastes 7.20. And sin affects every person, like we already said. Therefore, sin came into the world through one man. So, that is not all. That's pretty depressing, but that's not where our story ends. So, we're going to get to the hopeful part about this. If you want to open your Bibles, if you have them with you, I hope you do. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5 tonight, verses 1 through 10. And that, that's where we get to our bottom line for the night, which we want to remember is Jesus took God's wrath for us on the cross so we can be at peace with him. And that is the hopeful part of this. So let's start reading. Let's read the whole passage and then we'll break it down point by point. So let's start in verse 1 in chapter 5 of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified by our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace which, in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So that brings us to our first point. If we look at the first two verses, why, if you want to bring up the first point for us, is feel the blessings. Now I got Conor McGregor up here. He's living a lavish life, even though he's lost like the last couple of fights he's been in. And though all the talks, he, he talks big about himself, but he's living pretty good, I guess. He, you know, he's got the green Lambo. I know he's got a couple other cars. You know, he's got the watch and he's got the, he's got the clothes on there. But we want to look at the blessings that God gives us because of what Jesus did. If we look at verse one and two, let's start in verse one. Therefore, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are at peace with God. We were condemned, which condemnation means we were put in the wrath of God. We were sinners. We were placed in the wrath of God. God's wrath is coming for us. We can't get out of it. With Jesus, we're justified. God declares us righteous, which puts us in the peace of God. So like Matt said last week, Jesus' righteousness, his death on the cross, makes us pure, makes us in right standing with God, and we are at peace with God. So we, are, we were condemned, now we are justified because of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, that was verse 1. Uh, now if we look at verse 2, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we have access to God. I want to start this part by saying uh, something about the temple in the time. The temple was a building in which there was another area in the temple called the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was where God's literal presence was on earth, and it was only contained in this area. And it was separated by a veil or a curtain. It was called a veil in the Bible, but it was separated by a curtain, and God's presence was there. Jews could be in the temple, but Jews could not go into this holy of holies where God's presence was. Only a high priest could go in there. And he had to do all these purification rituals to get into the holy of holies because you have to be pure before you go to God because God cannot be around sin. We've covered that, right? So Jews could be in the temple, but they couldn't go in this holy place. Now there's another temple building, which is made of, of walls. Now Gentiles who are not Jews, so Jews are Gentiles. There are Gentiles who are not Jews. Gentiles could not even enter the temple at all. There was a wall on the outside of the temple that says, if you enter this building, you will die. So Jews can be inside, but not in the Holy of Holies. Gentiles could be on the outside. And we now have access to God because when Jesus died, he tore the veil that Jews could not enter into and he broke down the wall of the temple, which kept Gentiles out. So that's found in Luke 23, 45. You can see that just to prove it with scripture. Luke 23, 45 say, says, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. That's in Luke. And in Ephesians 2, 14, for he himself is our peace who has made us both and has broken down in his flesh, dividing the wall of hostility. So that wall kept Gentiles outside. The veil kept Jews outside, both preventing them access to God, the Holy of Holies. Jesus tore the veil, broke the wall down. We now have access to God. We can go to him anytime. We can pray. 
We can talk to God. We can tell him anything we want. We have direct access to God. We don't have to have anybody or any priest to get through to God for us. We can talk to God ourselves. Um, Now, the next part of verse 2, it says, Into this grace which we stand, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So what does the hope of the glory of God mean? Um, peace, we've talked about peace with God and access to God, which peace with God means our past, it talks about our past, nothing um, that we've done, our sins are no longer held against us, so peace with God, our sins aren't held against us, we have access to God, that takes care of the present, which means we can come to him at any time, and now in this last part of verse 2, the hope of the glory of God takes care of the future. So one day, we're going to share in his glory in heaven because we get to be with God forever in heaven. So that is the future, the hope of his, the glory of God. So that's our first point is feel the blessings. We have blessings because of what Jesus did for us. Now point two, it's not always fun and games. So we saw Connor's Lambo. Now here's Lambo's is crashed. So that didn't last very long. Connor wrecked his Lambo. And his blessings didn't last him very long. So it's not always fun and games. If we look at verse 3 and 4, not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So our right standing with God, just because we have all these blessings, which are great, they're awesome, they're phenomenal, doesn't always mean that life is fun and games. It doesn't always mean that life is going to be easy. Jesus says that. It says in John 16, 33, it says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So he says, in the world you will have tribulation. Now, for a believer, trials and sufferings, they work for us, not against us. Because Paul says right here, trials and suffering and tribulations will make you stronger. It produces endurance. If you experience something, you know, that is hard and it sucks going through, it's terrible to go through, it's going to make you stronger. Once you push through it, you trust in God, you get through it and it makes you stronger. It produces endurance. Instead of being defeated, you have God to lean on and look forward and look, have hope in. Now, no amount of suffering can separate us from the love of God. We are reminded of this in Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. So don't worry, it's worth it. Paul says that it's worth it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. No matter what hard things you're going through, no matter what trials you're going through, nothing is able to separate you from God's love. Nothing will keep you, uh, nothing will keep God from loving you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you do. God is always there, and it is worth it in the end. Some additional things that Paul says in Romans chapter 8 is, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And jump down a couple more verses. He says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 
8:28. So don't worry, it's worth it because God is, has all things working out, working together for your good to be there for you, for you to get through these trials and sufferings and temptations and everything that's bad that life throws at you. It's working all together for good. And even though we have these blessings like we saw in the first point, they're great, but life still exists, you know? Sin still exists in the world. Sin, sin still happens. Bad things still happens. We see all these bad things that's going on in the world. You know, I won't take time to list them because you know exactly what's, what they are. Um, they're awful things. And of course, awful things still exist because sin exists. Because sin is the exact opposite of what God is. God is everything good. Sin is everything bad. And all the injustices you see going on in the world, going on in the news and everything, it's, it's because of sin. It's what it boils down to. So even though that's the case, God provides us uh, him to run to as his refuge, as our refuge. Uh, so that brings us to point number three. Jesus took the fury. We've got Connor. This is these, these are uh, Connor pictures tonight because Connor is a fighter, but he still has got bodyguards. So uh, we can kind of, I don't want to call Jesus a bodyguard, but still, Jesus took the blow for us. Jesus took God's wrath, which is what tonight's all about. Jesus took God's wrath for us. Jesus perfectly stepped in and took what we deserve. Jesus died on the cross. We all know this. Um, Verse 6, it says, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, who's the ungodly? It's, it's us. We're, we're sinful. Um, like we said, sin keeps us from God. So therefore, we're the ungodly. That's what, that's what Paul uses here. If we go on to verse 7, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. So Paul's kind of trying to use his logic here. You know, who would you, you would probably die. Maybe one or two of you would die for your boyfriend or for your girlfriend. You think you love them so much, but you would die, that you would take a bullet for them, whatever. I catch a grenade for you, but you probably wouldn't. Um, let's be honest. Maybe some of you would, honestly. Maybe some of you would die for a family member, uh, die for a family or friend, but those are people that you love. Those are people that you, that you consider to be good people. Um, but Put this into perspective, Jesus died not only for one person or a few people, Jesus died for an, the entirety of the world, past, present, and future. And these are even the worst of the worst people. Jesus died for Adolf Hitler, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, you know, it's controversial, but yeah, he did. He, 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 loves, he loved people who are bad. Uh, he loves people who are sinners, because we're all sinners. And he loves people who do the worst things that we can think of. So um, it, really, it really puts into perspective how much Jesus loves each and every one of us, which he says that in verse 8. But God, the big butt of the Bible, you know, shout out to Sir Matt would appreciate that. A big butt of the Bible. But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even though while we were sinners, even though while we were in rebellion against God, doing what separates us from God, Christ died for us. Christ died for us in our sin. So we might be willing to die for somebody, um, someone who we love, but God died for undeserving sinners. So, which was, his death was probably the worst punishment or death imaginable. He was tortured and he was beaten and he was whipped. Um, the Roman crucifixion at the time was the worst way to die and probably still would be considered an awful way to die, a terrible way to die. Um, he took God's, which is, he took God's wrath and 
Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement, which just means severe punishment or beating, that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So when Jesus went to the cross, he's going to pay the price to endure the penalty in the place of sinners and to take that righteous wrath of God that we all deserve in our place which that righteous wrath, like we said, it was eternal judgment, the worst of the worst. You don't want to come into contact with God's wrath. You don't want to take God's wrath. You, you don't want to do it because it is the worst punishment imaginable. But Jesus willingly stepped in and he said, I'm going to step in your place and I'm going to take that punishment for you. You don't have to go through that because I was beaten and I was bruised and I was whipped and I was killed for you taking God's wrath. And at that moment, Jesus, when he died, he took all of God's wrath on himself so that you wouldn't have to in the end. So Jesus stepped in our place and he said, I will take that wrath for you and place it on myself. It's a free gift that he offers us, which brings us back to our bottom line of the night. Jesus took God's wrath for us on the cross so we could be at peace with God. So, not only do my points have F words in them, like we saw, feel the blessing, not always fun and games, Jesus took the fury. The application points also have F words in them. So, try to top that next week, Matt. So, what now? There's two up there. What? So, what now? Uh, fault. There is never any fault that can separate you from God. I just want to remind everybody that. I know there's a lot of things you might see on TikTok or whatever. I know TikTok spews a lot, of, a lot of stuff that's probably, you know, not true and that we would disagree with. But there's never any fault that you do that can ever separate you from God. I want everybody to leave here understanding that there's not anything that you do that separates you from God. There's nothing that makes God love you less or be even more disappointed in you because God gives you a gift and God died for you and God took that punishment for you, like we said. And he placed it on himself so you could be free and you can be with him forever. That's number one. There's never any fault that can separate you from God. So number two is free, which I just said. Remember that you are free from sin and punishment because of Christ's sacrifice. So you are free because there's never any fault that can separate you from God. And number three is forever. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can be with him forever in heaven. So that is uh, just some things to remember. I know that a lot of you might have heard something like this before. You know, it's the basic Easter time. Jesus died for you. Remember that. But I just want everybody to remember, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, that um, be, get, accepting Christ, you know, happens in a moment, but it takes a lifetime to, to figure out what happened in that moment. So um, there's just, there's a lot of awesome things that you can see in passages like this, the complexities that go into it that Jesus did and took God's wrath for you and exchanged it. And that's just, um, it's just a good reminder to be reminded of. Um, so that's kind of where we are left off tonight. And I want everybody to bow our heads before I kind of call Matt up here and wrap this up. Um, so you're kind of in two places tonight. You know, you're either saved and you've uh, either accepted God and what he's done for you. You know, you've acknowledged that he died in your place and you're either there or, or you're not saved. You haven't, you haven't said yes to Jesus. 
And what that exactly means is, you know, Romans describes it as if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you know, you will be saved. So you've either done that or you haven't. And I kind of want to leave you with the opportunity. If you're saved tonight, take a moment and thank God for taking his taking God's wrath. Jesus taking God's wrath for you. And if you're not saved, I want you to take a moment and I want you to pray. And if you want to, if you want to experience new life, you know, pray God, pray to God and and tell him that you're ready to accept his gift. Like Romans says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. As simple as that. It's nothing that you do or nothing that you've done. It's only between you and Jesus, what you do with Jesus. So uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll bring Matt up here, and we will uh, circle up. So dear God, thank you for this night. I thank you for what you've done for us, God, on the cross. I thank you that you took God's wrath onto yourself, and I'm thankful that, that you give us the opportunity and the chance to, to accept that gift so we can spend eternity with you, God. Um, I pray that you would let us leave here tonight being reminded of that. I pray that you would let us um, stew on that over the, as, as we're approaching, approaching Easter. And um, I pray that if there's somebody with more questions, that they would talk to one of us. We would love to lead them to you, God. I pray that as we dismiss tonight and we get out of here, um, that we'll just keep that, that reminder in our head and we'll be thankful for what you've done on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.